Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we're really excited today. We are talking with actor Markin Tarasiak. And uh, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. Well, what we like to do with new guests is we like to learn a little bit about you and okay. tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get into acting. Oh, man. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think people like to give a long, complicated answer to this <laughs> question, but like, I just loved attention as a kid. <laughs> it's uh -huh. like, yeah, it's something that I don't think a lot of actors like to admit because it's a little, uh, you know, shameful, I guess, to say that. But no, what really happened was I was loved attention as a kid. I went to my, so my parents enrolled me to get that energy put somewhere uh, into, into theater classes in Winnipeg, Manitoba, where I'm from at the Manitoba Theater for Young People. And I just started doing classes since I was five years old there at NTYP. And um, I remember I, I, um, I got cast as a porcupine in a play uh, there uh, at NTYP. And I was super disappointed because it wasn't a big part. I wanted like the lead roles, which were some more like a lion or some better animals. <laughs> and I got cast as a porcupine. Um, and so I was, really really disappointed by that but then uh a director saw me as this porcupine in winnipeg and loved it enough to invite me to audition for um a play at the manitoba theater center which is our big kind of like flagship theater in winnipeg and uh from there i got cast and i got my first professional gig when i was 14 years old and i just i loved it so much i loved the the process of it the art form of it kind of like just the rehearsal and just the whole experience. That was my first kind of um, foray into, into professional, into that professional world, not just doing it for fun and mm -hmm. uh, to goof off. And so after that, it was kind of set for me if I just wanted to, to go into acting after that. And that's what I pursued since I was 14 years old. That is really cute that you yeah. started with being a porcupine. <laughs> that's, it's really how it started. That's how my parents like to tell the story. And yeah. My mom, my mom, um, she, she explains the story with that. I was, I was crying in the car, uh, back to back home after I had found out that I got this, this part that I was disappointed with, but it ended up actually changing my life, which is a, it's funny. Yeah. I think of that and there's like a nice anecdote in there for, yeah. for actors of there's no such thing as a small part and you never know yeah. where those opportunities are going to show themselves. Yeah. What's the whole, there's no small parts, only small actors, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so are your parents immigrants from Ukraine? Um, no, no, my, my parents are not immigrants, but my, um, my grandparents okay. are. So yeah, my grandparents on my dad's side. So I'm second generation on my dad's side and third generation on my mom's side. And they both came from the Western parts of Ukraine, mm. um, emigrated in, uh, the 1890s, uh, originally. And then my grandmother and grandfather, my grandfather, on my dad's side came in the twenties and then my grandmother in the forties from Ukraine. Mm. So do you have any like relatives in that are still over there that you keep in touch with i do yeah with yeah. all of this and that's happened that must be hard yeah it was, it's it was incredibly difficult and i do have family fighting on the front line in bakhmut right now um wow. which is pretty shocking because it's that's like where the epicenter of the fighting is happening right now so my uh cousin I, I, I'm not sure what like the, the formal, but we call it my cousin sure. um, is out there right now. His name is Stanislav Andrusiv and um, he's fighting there uh, 
one of the bravest people I know. And so, yeah, the, when the when the when the invasion happened uh, almost a year ago, um, it was very very hard on my family, and sure. we really reached out to 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 our family in Ukraine to try to assist in any way we could. Um, we even like offered to bring them over to Canada if they really wanted to 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 do that. And I think this is kind of like encapsulates the Ukrainian spirit right now that they denied the help from us uh, because mm-hmm. there's a sense of pride in in this fight in what's happening right now, and it's a it's a fight for their way of life and their country and their independence, and so they didn't want to leave is really, really what it came down to. And I respect yeah. that so much. And, yeah. and uh, they're, they're hanging in there against all odds. And, and I do believe that they're going to be successful in this fight. Yeah. Have you been over there to Ukraine? I did. Yes. I toured in 2013. I toured with uh, a Ukrainian dance group because I used to Ukrainian dance semi-professionally with a group named Rosalka oh. in Winnipeg. And so I actually went over there and um, danced and toured uh all for about a month and i met my family i met the people that i'm just talking about right now and that that was a life-changing experience for me it was was truly 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 incredible and it's a it's an amazing country with such a rich history and i'd never been before i've I've grown up learning the language i grow grown up ukrainian dancing but then to actually go there uh was uh, just a just a really humbling incredible experience yeah, that's so cool that you uh, you learned uh, you took those dance classes that you learned uh, how to do that. Yeah, it's quite the culture here. I'd say mostly in Winnipeg because a lot of the immigrants went to the prairies when they got here, mm-hmm. and so Ukrainian dancing is just kind of part of growing up in in Winnipeg, Edmonton, Saskatoon, kind mm-hmm. of those kind of epicenters of Ukrainians um, in Canada. So. Yeah, it was just something I yeah. think, and that obviously, I think influenced my acting career, wanting yeah. to, to perform, yeah. So did you go to like theater school? How did you make that transition? I did, yeah. When I, I moved to Vancouver when I was 18 years old and I went to a school called Studio 58 here, which is a conservatory style program, which means just, <laughs> I didn't learn anything other than acting for three years. Um, mm-hmm. So I say I went to college technically, but um, I don't really have a degree. I just have a diploma saying that I <laughs> graduated yeah. theater school. Uh, but yeah, I did that for three years. And it's a really, really intense program that I, I, I truly loved. And then mm-hmm. after that, I really wanted to do theater school because I, I just found like that those were for me as an actor, those were the best teachers where that's where you know, you can really break down and get into the craft like no other place. Like you can do weekly film classes and all of that, but I, I'm always such a, a hardcore theater school advocate uh, just because I just believe mm-hmm. in, in the training. And then yeah. I graduated, yeah, in uh, 2014, in the winter of 2014. So yeah. been been working ever since, luckily. Did you have any memorable roles on the, uh, on the stage? On the stage? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I love that we're talking about this, by the way. Uh, this, stuff, <laughs> this stuff makes me excited because you don't get to th- talk about theater often with people. But um, yeah, my the last kind of large musical I did was Billy Elliot, um, oh, the musical. A lot of dancing in uh, that one, so it makes sense. A lot of dancing, but I played the brother Tony who was against dancing and didn't want oh, his okay. brother to dance. <laughs> 
So I actually didn't have to do a lot of the dancing, <laughs> uh, which was fun. I remember I, I learned to tap dance for two months before I did that role uh-huh. because I thought that I would have to be doing that in the show because a lot of the other ensemble members do a lot of tap dancing. And so yeah. I thought they'd sneak me in to just try to fill out the ensemble a little bit more. And I got there. I was like so excited. I did two months of tap dancing. I was like, yes, let's go. I was like pretty good. I felt pretty good. Yeah, And then I got to first day rehearsals, I talked to the choreographer and he's like, oh, you're not dancing in this yeah. at all. I was like, wait, what? I just learned this for two months for nothing. Yeah. So that was my one last like big memorable role um, that I did. Um, I've done a couple smaller uh, stage things here um, in, in, in Vancouver, uh, but that was my last big one. And then I'd say at school, my, my, my favorite role was I played uh, Mick Murphy in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the, yeah. the play version of that. So the, mm-hmm. the old Jack Nicholson role. Yeah. Um, we did that. We did that play. Um, I was young, but as we all were, so I was a little too young to even play the part now, but it was just such a memorable and I love that play so much. So that one sticks out to me. Well, now that we know that you're such a skilled dancer, we've got to work that into one of these uh, Hallmark Lifetime, one of these movies of the week. We got to yeah, get you. Any- like we can't let will camp have all the dancing fun we got to get you in there too if there's any producer going to be listening to this yeah i'm ready i'm ready i've trained i can do this (laughs) i just give me a little give me some weeks to brush up before the film but um yeah i definitely like something like la la land oh my gosh um is is like on my complete bucket list of like like something to like something to do i just think that that style and i think we've lost it a bit like when in the in the 40s 50s 60s those were those films were so iconic and Mm -hmm. they're coming a little bit back with you know when we had in the heights we had west side story so i'm happy to Mm -hmm. see that happening in film right now is just Mm -hmm. like going back to back to musicals a little bit and the art form being pushed uh cinematically Mm -hmm. so yeah there even has yeah, there even has been some in these movie of the week, like with the uh, Christmas Waltz. Uh, there was one with um, Corbin Blue where he got to tap dance. So let's let's make this happen. You're listening, Hallmark. <laughs> let's let's make it, it happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Hallmark should be doing more musicals. Yeah, I, I, they should I mean, who be. wouldn't watch that? And like, music is such a big part of Christmas, Christmas carols and everything. It just makes sense. I mean, and those, those live musicals do so well, you know, that they do. I mean, uh, Rachel, get us in there. Let's (laughs) do something. Let's Let's make it happen at Hallmark. (laughs) I'm ready. We're ready. We're ready. Yeah. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. 
So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. I saw that you were in a movie with our good friend Donna Benedicto. Yes. Wedding Cake Dreams. And uh, she is one of my my favorite interviews I've ever done. uh, Talking about she loves craft services. (laughs) 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 We talked for about 20 minutes on like craft services. (laughs) Oh my, I mean, we can go there yeah. if we want, Rachel, we can go to craft services. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we can, we can chat. I can name you my best craft services that I've had. <laughs> we can, we can really go into it. Yeah. <laughs> I love we Donna, were so excited because so I think this was her first lead. And, uh, and uh, so we just love her. I think she's so great. So how fun. Yeah, yeah, that was, I think that was, that was her first lead. And um, that would, that particularly move that particular movie that was like right at I think we filmed that in 2020 mm-hmm. so it was one of the first kind of gigs out of COVID out of the yeah. lockdown that I had so it was a, and that's so probably year, not like as good 20, craft services for that one no because they changed <laughs> the rules right yeah. where you couldn't just go and grab anything anymore they put everything behind plexiglass and somebody had to hand it to you with gloves yeah. on yeah. So I was getting apples and snacks and whatever through, through a plexiglass. <laughs> so the buffet experience went away and yeah. um, has still has not come back actually. So um, that's something that I'm just waiting for us. That'll, that will be the true barometer of us as the film industry getting out of COVID will be being able to just grab things at craft services again. Yeah. yeah. That'll be the final step. <laughs> final step. <laughs> was that your first lead? in one of these um oh man was it my first lead i think you're right rachel i think so i'm trying to i'd have to go through my filmography but i think that was like the first lead where i was billed um yeah no no sorry no 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 uh christmas (laughs) jars i did a movie called christmas jars um, in 2019 so that was for byu television yes. and city tv up here and it actually went to theaters it had this little mm-hmm. li- cool limited run so that was the first time i, I saw it ever in saw theaters myself. did you oh i did yes that's thanks right. for coming out to that no way <laughs> yes, I, did. I drove i drove down to to i'm here in vancouver right now um and i drove down to bellingham washington because it was playing in a theater in bellingham and so i drove down and that was my nice. first experience of ever seeing myself on the big screen which was just a really really cool experience and the, and the theater was sold out. I was so shocked, you know, when you do projects, I've just, I kind of bra- always brace myself for the worst that it's just like, not going to be good. All these self-conscious thoughts come in mm-hmm. of, uh, and trying to just like mitigate disappointment all the time. And that one was such a surprise to me. Not that I didn't think it was good. It was just, I didn't know that the surprise and kind of the enthusiasm would be like that because I went down to Bellingham and this whole theater was sold out I was I was just and I kind of sat there um and nobody knew I was there mm-hmm. or like in the movie <laughs> <laughs> my um my partner at the time was like do you think anyone's gonna recognize you I'm like I don't think so I'm not <laughs> yeah and so I read, sat there in the dark watching and mm-hmm. um so thank you thank you for for going out and seeing that yeah. movie so that was the first yeah. lead that 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 I would have had yeah, I just had to jog my memory a little bit. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. So you were on Virgin River. Yes. 
Yeah. And were you one of the, the like the drug people? Uh, no, I know I look like one of the drug people. <laughs> yeah, like if that face is on Bridge and River, he's selling drugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, no, I wasn't one of the drug people. I, I played, I, I played Parker. Um, ben Parker was Lizzie's uh, ex from Los Angeles, kind of like the hotshot. I drove in in some Maserati car to Virgin River, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> And so I see where you're going with this Maserati car guy from LA could be drug dealer, but ended up not being one. And well, there's that whole plot in the series. There of is. The, of the, things get messy. Yes. Yes. Where things get messy, but no, I was, I was actually hoping that I would get wrapped in some of that mess yeah. a little bit, but um, they, uh, no, they decided that Parker would be going back to Los Angeles and that Lizzie's going to stay up in, uh, mm. in Virgin River with Ricky. So my, my attempts as a character to get her out of Virgin River uh, did not work. Ah, darn. <laughs> darn. I know. Where's the subplot where we follow Parker and Lizzie in the big city? I don't think people would be as excited to watch that if you're a fan of Virgin River. <laughs> I'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the good folks over at Baker Publishing Group. Looking for the perfect read for Valentine's Day? These historical romance novels will woo their way into your hearts. First up, we have The Maid of Bali Makul by Jennifer Dybell. The only home Brianna Kelly has ever known is Bali Makul boarding school. But when the son of local gentry arrives at the school to deal with his unruly niece, an unexpected discovery uncovers the truth about her past and the key to her future. The Rose and the Thistle by Laura France. Amid the Jacobite uprising of 1715, an English heiress flees to the Scottish lowlands to stay with allies of her powerful family. But while castle walls may protect her from the enemy outside, a whirlwind of intrigue, shifting allegiances, and temptations of the heart lie within. Hearts of Steel by Elizabeth Camden. When successful businesswoman Maggie Molinaro offends a corrupt banker, she unwittingly sets off a series of calamities that threaten to destroy her life's work. She teams up with charismatic steel magnet Liam Blackstone, but what begins as a practical alliance soon evolves into a romance between two wounded people determined to beat the odds. Then last up is The Last Chance Cowboy by Jody Headland. When midwife Catherine Remington is accused of a murder she didn't commit, she flees to Colorado to honor a patient's dying wish to deliver a newborn to his father. But what she doesn't bargain for is how easily she'll fall for the charming sheriff or how quickly her past will catch up with her and put their love and their and lives in danger. Listeners of Hallmarkies podcast can get these and many other great books by going to bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies. And from February 12th to 28th, save 40% using code Valentine's 40. That's bakerbookhouse.com slash featured slash Hallmarkies promo code Valentine's 40. You were in two Hallmark movies last Christmas. Yeah. And uh, so how did all of that end up happening that you're in these two kind of ensemble pieces? Yeah, I mean, um, it happens like most of them happen of just auditioning for them. Did and you self-tape? I did self-tape for, for those. Um, and I've luckily been very uh, lucky 
and and treated well by Hallmark over the years. And so they keep bringing me back, which I'm mm-hmm. really, really thankful for. And they've just been a, such a big support in terms of my career uh, starting out with. Um, and so it's nice. I think I have that relationship with Hallmark. I hope they feel the same way. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, those ones kind of came at the same time, actually. I was filming those simultaneously. So one day I was going to Christmas at the Golden Dragon, and the next I was going to uh, Our Italian Christmas Memories. And um, they just kind of, I both, I, I, I actually didn't self-tape for, for one because I'd worked with um, – uh, Catherine, the director, who unfortunately just passed away recently, which mm-hmm. I was so sad to hear. Yeah, Catherine, um, Siren, she, um, and I didn't know she was ill at the time of the filming, so she was actually working right until the day um, that, uh, you know, she was, she had cancer at the time, mm-hmm. and, and all of us were unaware of it. She didn't let us know as a cast, um, and she's so kind to me. That was my second movie with her, and um, so yeah, super sad to hear that. about yeah, to hear about that. She just passed away um, early in January. And um, so that yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. And that, that movie particularly deals with old age Alzheimer's and kind of illness, you know, at the end of the day. So that one mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, that one was just, it was a nice one to be a part of because I felt it was a bit heavier than some of the other Christmas movies, which can be light and fluffy. And this one I felt dealt with like real, life issues Mm -hmm. in you know grandparents getting older and um you know the the effects that has yeah yeah and it was interesting because they aired them the same weekend so we're just like lots of marking (laughs) and do you know do you know that like this movie coming out the welcome to valentine and then i have another rom-com on the same weekend again this is this i like this has happened to me twice (laughs) <laughs> in the same year where like this the projects are coming out on the same weekend so i'm i'm doing a saturday sunday bill again with this and mm-hmm. they did that you're right with the with the with the hallmark there in december so i it was fun to get some memes and some tweets about me on that weekend because it's like it was a lot of you know that meme with leonardo dicaprio looking yeah. at the <laughs> tv of like hey i just saw that guy <laughs> and now he's playing a doctor yeah it's like is he cheating uh, on sarah powers like what's I think there is some kind of multiverse yeah. of universe where where Markian is kind of like the the Frank Abagnale Jr. from Catch Me If You Can, where I'm right. just like I'm just like playing different roles in the same world, and I'm just yeah. a big con at the end of the day. <laughs> well, and I know they caught. they like casting as doctors a lot. Hmm. Yeah. I've been. I've been. Yeah, I've played doctors a few times. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's my calm demeanor that I can bring to some of these <laughs> things and just like look at you and say you know I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do that scan on you and <laughs> I look I don't even know what to say as a doctor this is horrible yeah. I play doctors and I don't even know how to improvise as one because I'm so far from the medical field well at least you're not on like Grey's Anatomy or something where you have to learn those long uh medical names of things yeah I mean I mean hey, if Grays is, is if Grays will ever call me I will yes. answer the phone but you're right that you know when you're auditioning as an actor for the hardest things are actually doctors when you get that jargon and then yeah. sci-fi stuff when it's made up jargon oh right and yeah it's a bit easier now because you can self-tape and like have that time to to learn this stuff and do it 
But before you'd have to go into that audition room and hit that on the first take, because if you start flubbing that, that like lines, like immediately mm-hmm. everyone's sitting in the room saying like, you can't, you can't get this stuff out. So those ones were always the most stressful to me was like medical scientific terms, walking into those auditions. And I would be so stressed. Mm-hmm. Now on both of these, did you have a lot of days uh, on those Christmas movies? Because you, your scenes were a lot of times kind of separate from the bigger group. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think back. I think on Christmas of the Golden Dragon, I had nine days of filming. Okay. And on um, Italian Christmas memories, I had five. Mm, so I think okay. it was like a three three to four week span where I was mm-hmm. um, kind of trading, trading spots with those two. And then Welcome to Valentine, we... We, we shot in 14 days, which is the fastest shoot I've ever been a part of. Um, so that one was a whirlwind and just like, go, go, go. And uh, pretty intense because that amount of lines and that many scenes, like they were fitting us in. And I think a lot of that was done out of respect for us because we filmed in Ottawa in December, which mm. if you've ever been to Ottawa, Ontario in December is freezing cold. So and you so had they were- that early, you filmed that last year i mean in 2021 then december no 2022 really wow yeah. so the it's not no not only was it the fastest shoot that i've ever done just in terms of speed um but we it was also the fastest turnaround so wow. we Even finished for hallmark that's fast isn't it isn't it yeah. <laughs> i was shocked when i when i got the part i was like oh a valentine's movie okay great i'm like wow they're doing that early for like 2020 what is it 2024 they're going to be doing that and they're like no no it's it's coming out this valentine's i was like but that that's like a month away they're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) so we so we finished filming on december 14th of this past december and then i was going in for adr in mid-january already so they um they they did it quick but um I don't think it's going to take away from the quality, the the work everybody put in, and kind of the dedication and the um, the care. Yeah, they put got into it down it. to a science. They they yeah. know how to do it. They they really they do. do. Now, in our Italian Christmas memories, you teach her how to make Ukrainian cookies, if I'm remembering right. Uh, was you that something? Right. Oh, good. So, is that something you added to this to the story because your heritage or? Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, I was talking about Catherine before. So Catherine reached out to me um, and they wanted to incorporate another culture uh, into mm-hmm. the film. Uh, so the Italian was one aspect of it. And then they wanted to bring something else. And Catherine remembered that I was Ukrainian. And um, I, she reached out and really gave me carte blanche with what do you want to do? So the scene with the dinner where I bring the pirahe or the pierogies um, or the Verenike, they're called at Christmas. Um, that was, again, something that she let me bring to the table. And so she asked me to, what would be a dessert that you could make together? And what would be something that you bring to Christmas dinner? And then on top of that, the Ukrainian shirt that I was wearing in the, in the movie for the, for the final dinner scene, it was actually my own Ukrainian shirt. Um, mm. So I brought that to uh, to the table when I had my fitting and talked to the costume designer and I said, I think I'd really like to wear this shirt here. And um, so again, too, just speaking about the kindness and care of Catherine, that that was really her idea. 
and she just let me uh, bring bring my Ukrainian heritage to the movie, and uh, I had I had a say in what was what was being done. So again, really thankful to her. And as far as I know, I, I've never seen a Ukrainian represented that way in Hallmark. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I will I will take the mantle and I'll say, hey, it was the first unless somebody corrects me. <laughs> yeah. um, but especially this year with the war, I think it, it just hit different in a, in a in a more special way that that was something offered to me from from Catherine, from Hallmark, the network and that 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 I got to do. I think yeah. it's really special. That was really cool. Uh, so let's talk about Welcome to Valentine. Why don't you tell yeah. the audience a little bit about the movie? What would be your kind of pitch to tune in? Uh, somebody put out a synopsis and they said it really great. It's a, it's when Harry met Sally with a Southern flair. Mm. I think that's like the quickest elevator pitch I can give uh, about the movie. Romantic, I would say comedy um, about Olivia and George. So Catherine plays Olivia and I'm George. And we get stuck together uh, in a car in, an, uh, in a 1973 uh, Ford Cougar. And we go for a cross-country road trip. The car breaks down in her hometown of Valentine, Nebraska. And I think everybody that watches Hallmark can fill in what happens right. the rest of the movie. <laughs> so did you actually drive the car? Or did they like pull it for the oh, scene? I, I, I did drive it. Huh? And... It was the hardest car to drive. <laughs> it, like, number one, I've never, I'm so embarrassed to say, I've never driven standard before. Yeah. I've just been surrounded by automatic cars my entire <laughs> life. Uh, so you had to learn stick? I had to learn stick. So <laughs> I had a training session to learn stick. And not only was this a stick, which I didn't know how to do, um, the, the, the clutch and the, the motor on this 1973 Cougar, uh, was i mean hard is putting it easy um like in order to 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 gear shift the clutch you had to you get a leg workout every time you had to push this clutch so hard into the ground uh, to try to um and 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 then the the stick trying to find each of the gears was near impossible because the stick was like two feet long so it was like this and it's one of those like big ones so I think they saw my training and said, okay, Morgan, we're going to, we're going to make sure you drive this the least amount possible, but I still did have to in, in the movie. So you do see, I stalled out once. I'm proud to say I only stalled out once. And then the rest of the movie, they had a professional driver come in okay. and kind of do the rest. So. Cause yeah. the hardest part about, especially in an old car like that is, is the starting uh, getting yeah. into gear The once you get going, it's, it's easier, but, uh, but yeah. I, I don't envy you that. <laughs> Not good at yeah, stick myself. You're, you're right. The, the 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 hardest part was the start of it, and just like getting that clutch to to grab whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I do I know what I'm talking about? Not really, but sure. <laughs> but that, like when that when that clutch gets grabbed, you know the thing yeah. goes into. But yeah, that was that was that was difficult. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't really I like cars. Mm-hmm. I don't like I love them enough to 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 drive standard. I like my yeah. automatic transmissions. <laughs> I'm the same. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so when you got to work with Catherine, who's one of our faves, we love her so much. And uh, did you do anything at all to like build your chemistry? Yeah, I mean, again, because it was such a quick shoot, it, um, it was trial 
trial by fire in terms of chemistry. Uh, we did, we went out for, for dinner together, um, her and I, before the, sh the shoot started. So, so we met and, you know, the, all of these movies, um, Hallmarks or others, cause I've done feature films with, with, um, with a love interest before. And, uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of time. It's like, you don't have the time to really prep and build chemistry just based on schedule and, and people's mm -hmm. flying in here and there. So that chemistry I, I think is built mostly on set, you know, and just getting to know each other every day in the hair and makeup chair, chatting, getting into scenes, talking about your characters and building up a rapport inside the process itself um, is mostly the case on, uh, at least it has been for me on most of these. So we did have dinner before we, we chatted a bit, but then we, you know, we have to both go learn lines and stuff. And so um, that chemistry that you're going to see in this movie, I think was built in the moment and on screen, like as you're watching it, which is an exciting way to work too. Um, there's a course where you can do rehearsals, get a really comfortable with each other and build rapport, which is, I think, mostly tied into theater shows. And then with films, it's got to be more spontaneous and in the moment. So uh, Catherine and I, obviously, we got along great. And I'm excited to see how that translates uh, into the movie. Yeah, me too. She has a gift for, I think, having great chemistry with all of her leads. Uh, she's just so sweet. <laughs> yeah, she's so there sweet. hasn't been a dud yet. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, you're, you're, you're looking at me right now being like, Mark in. <laughs> Don't let us down. We're really excited for this oh, movie. Gosh, I know I'm stressed. Am I going to be the first dud with Catherine Davis? Oh no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so what small town in Canada is pretending to be Valentine, Nebraska? Oh, the, um, that it, it was Almont, Ontario. Mm, so okay. about 45 minutes to an hour uh, north. I believe of, of, of Ottawa. So we split the filming, uh, from half in uh, Ottawa, half in Almont. So all the interior stuff is mostly done in Ottawa. And then all the exterior with the, with the streets and the small town vibe is, is Almont. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, what do you think makes this movie stand out and are special from the other movies that you've done? I think for me, but our director, Stefan, our lead executive producer, Ashley, really let me, I'll speak for myself, take the reins a little bit in terms of my character. And the I've never had this sort of freedom on a Hallmark before. And I think that doesn't have to do with, you know, the director or the producer saying you have to do it this way or whatever. It's just, it was within the script already that, that came to me. Um, that George was, I saw an opportunity to be a bit more goofy, a bit more loose and a bit mm -hmm. more myself, just because mm -hmm. it was, he's, I would say George was the closest character I've ever had in one of these Hallmark movies to myself personally. Um, a lot of the time when I'm on screen or get these types of roles, I have to, I have to put a lid on my goofiness. A lot of the time I have to put a lid on it just because it just doesn't match what's written in the script. So, um, this one, I was able to, yeah, have a little bit more freedom. And I think you'll see that in, in, in this movie. And I'm hoping that this particular character of George as a lead in a Hallmark movie, people see 
a bit more of a real guy. You know, I, I, I've always been not teased or it's just been pointed out that, you know, when you get into these lead roles, a lot of, you know, the memes and stuff online are like, it, all these guys are cookie cutter guys. You know, that's just kind yeah, of the way yeah. that people perceive, um, you know, if, if I'm speaking real, like people who look like me and mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. in that, in that world. And so this one, I just got to break out of that a little bit, a little bit out of the mold. And well, that's a good lot to of, hear. Yeah. Brought a lot yeah. of fun to it. And, and, and so did Catherine and we, our rapport and repartee back and forth uh, was, it was a lot of fun. So that's what I'm hoping. And, um, you know, and if I'm speaking honestly, that's what it, that's what it is to me. And I'm really proud of this one and really mm -hmm. excited for, for it to air. Well, we're really excited to see it. Well, I have to ask you real quick about the, why can't my life be a rom-com? Yeah. You're a doctor in this one, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> When you talked about doctors, I was just like, yeah, I have played one. I'm like, but I haven't, you know, the, the, the our Italian Christmas memories was the last one. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm a doctor <laughs> in this one. I actually like between, so I, I filmed our Italian Christmas memories, Christmas at the Golden Dragon. And then why, why can't my life be a rom-com? All these have the longest names, by the way. Um, I filmed those back to back to back. So that was August through October for me. So, um, I think they've all just meshed in my head a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, a fun little uh, rom-com. They're, they're going to be on the E-Network, which is new. Uh, yes. It says uh, the follows Eliza, who decides to follow the advice she finds in a 50-year-old self-help book uh, when she ends up both single and without a job. So, and I guess you're a doctor in the Hamptons very fancy yes yes it's it's eliza um and her friend go uh to to the hamptons to find husbands one summer and yeah. um meet is... a bunch of suitors and uh i'm one of them who is a doctor i'm rich I'm literally <laughs> called i'm my yeah. name is rich and i am rich <laughs> um, nice. yeah a love triangle with, with a handsome doctor and a towel boy yeah so there's the towel boy there's the doctor i'm playing the doctor in this one yeah. um and uh yeah very excited for this one if if you're a fan of hallmark movies mm -hmm. um but you're looking for a little more risque nature yeah. a little more spice this is gonna a little more spice a little you know a uh, little more to to the scenes they they don't call cut as fast on the e-network um so <laughs> If you're into that, I, I please come hop on over to E. I think it's just going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And this is their first foray into making original movie content, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 so they're trying to get into the original content space. And I think this kind of space with the rom com nature to it, a mm -hmm. little pop. It, it feels like pop culture, a lot of relevance, yeah. a lot of jokes that you know that are are, are relevant today. And so, yeah, come on, come and watch that one. It's going to, it's, it's a lot of fun. I know I'm, I'm going to tune in. That's for sure. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable Hardy or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics and more. 
You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Well, we have some fun, silly questions to ask at the end okay. of our interview. Great. So the first one, what is the best ice cream flavor? Oh, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah, nice. Very good. Okay, what's your favorite color? My favorite color, I'm boring in this arena. It's just a nice navy blue. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) I always think of Father of the Bride with Navi. I didn't think you'd have a Navi tuxedo. Oh, yeah, Franck. Yeah, I you know how many times I say every party has a pooper. That's why we invited you, George Banks. George yeah. Banks. I use that line all the time. <laughs> all right. What music are you into right now? I I just discovered this artist called Talk. Um, oh. um uh, kind of it reminds me of um Mumford and Sons. Okay. uh type type so i just had his album that he put out last year on repeat recently so go check him out yeah cool good all right what's your go-to date night food oh oh go-to date night food <laughs> <laughs> i'm 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 i think there's two there's two versions of this i can go out for date night or i can stay in for date night staying mm-hmm. in date night is always sushi to me okay um and ordering sushi in and going out date night uh, would be, there's this great restaurant. I'm going to plug them in, in in Vancouver called Bao Bay. So it's an Asian fusion oh, um, place here. I and that's kind of my, ones. yeah, they have them, right? So just that kind of like Asian, elevated Asian flair, I think is my favorite going out food. Well, if you are going to go out on a date, what is your favorite date night activity to go out and do? I'm a simple man and <laughs> I just like good food and drink, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people like to do kooky things on their first dates. There were mm-hmm. they're like, let's go laser tag or right. mini golf for like doing that. And I'm just like, nah, I just want to, I, I really love conversation. I just yeah. want to get to know the person. And I think going out for drinks and dinner is just the easiest way to do that. I, I I'm with you. I agree. And and yeah. we always say, if you are going to do the movie dinner and a movie, we, we say flip it. So you do movie and dinner or movie and drinks or something like that, because then yeah. you have something to talk about. You can talk about the movie. Yeah. I mean, movie for me is a hilarious barometer test for dates yeah. for me. Yeah. Because number one, you get it. You do get to know them a lot is if they choose the movie, what, what does what that do say pick? about them? Mm-hmm. And then number two for me, and this has been a deal breaker for me on dates before, I can't stand talking in a movie. Oh, like yeah. if I'm going to the cinema, yeah. I'm just there and in dark phone away and I'm, I, I'm just watching and that's the mm-hmm. purpose. And yeah. I've had dates who will start talking to me during, and it drives me up the wall oh, because yeah, I'm I like, agree. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch a movie. So I try to stick away from dates at, uh, at the movies until 
I don't know, the fourth or fifth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't think you want to go on a, to a romantic movie on a date. It's too awkward. I, I would awkward. say, yeah. I would say, I think the perfect movie for a movie date is to go to one that's just like a little bit scary, but not like murder scary. Um, so yes. you just, you get a little bit, there's like a little bit of fun, a little bit of awkwardness, you know? So I think that's, you're, that's I, think, my theory. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, what do you like better dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which do you like better beaches or mountains? Beaches. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. What's your favorite holiday to celebrate? Favorite holiday, simple, generic. It's Christmas. Yeah. I love Christmas. It's yeah. hard to beat Christmas because Christmas is like a whole season. You know, I know, I know. And like, I'd like to say Halloween. Halloween's fun. But I'd just be lying to myself because Christmas is just always going to be the winner. <laughs> Especially, I mean, the dream for Halloween is to be able to do couples costumes. I mean, I figure that's one of the big reasons to be in a part in a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Is the costumes? Yes. Couple costumes. I don't know that's... if I've ever done a couple. Costumes, oh, my gosh. To be honest. I don't think I've ever done it. You got to yeah. do it. I when, when you know. <laughs> Take advantage of the, the perks. Comes, I will. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. All right. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? My favorite Hallmark romantic movie. Um, my favorite romantic movie is always going to be The Notebook. Okay. Again, I'm giving I'm giving a lot of generic answers here, so I feel a little <laughs> a little boring to anybody that's listening no. right now. But I was in love with Rachel McAdams, still am. Um, so that movie, at, to me, is always going to be the pinnacle of uh, relationship mm -hmm. romantic movies to me and I just watched it over and over as a kid or a teenager so you know they're um, doing a they're doing a Broadway musical I do know this yes I do know this and they're just doing a Broadway musical of La La Land is in development yes too. they just announced that so so that'll Probably. be interesting yeah Probably. um but yeah I don't know no, please don't butcher my baby Broadway <laughs> please don't butcher my baby yes well, very good. You answered all the questions. Okay, great. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? They can follow me at Mark Taras. So half of my first name, half of my last name. And that's my handle across everything. Okay, great. We'll have all that in the uh, description so people can follow you. And thanks again. We're, we're really looking forward to both the movies and uh, to what you do coming up in 2023. Great. Thanks so much. So, thanks so much for having me. This was great. We'd like to thank Markine for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun to get to talk to him and get to know him. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Let us know what you thought of all the things we talked about in the comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And you can find us on all the social medias at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast. You can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. So check that out. If you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have a patron group and merch store, which is a ton of fun. And uh, thanks so much again to Markian. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye.